Hey, what's up, Mets fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and in this episode, we're talking the Mets season finale against the Nationals. All right, and welcome back, Mets fans, to another episode of the Mets Talk Podcast. Like I just said, I'm your host, Greg Cutajar, and I can't wait to get back into talking about the New York Mets. So welcome back to another series recap and review episode, the final series recap and review episode of the regular season. Yesterday, the Mets finished off a series sweep of the Washington Nationals to finish off their regular season. So, you know, even though during this series, the Mets found out they wouldn't be winning the division. It was just a really great end to a really awesome regular season. So, you know, I'm really excited to dive into this series. In the first half, I'm going to break down each game looking at the pitching and hitting performances as usual. And then in the second half, I want to look ahead to the upcoming wild card series against the San Diego Padres and build my postseason roster. So I'm really excited to get into all of that. So let's get started. Diving first into game one where the Mets won four to two this was game one of a doubleheader you know a pretty rainy doubleheader because uh, there were rains on Monday first game of the series had to be canceled moving it into Tuesday which was you know still a very rainy day I was actually at both of these games uh, of the doubleheader and yeah the first game was a little cold and wet and and dreary but the Mets went out there and won four to two like I said on the mound for the Mets was Carlos Carrasco he was solid you know I don't think he was was amazing but he he did what he needed to do. He pitched four innings. He gave up five hits, two runs, one walk, three strikeouts. I mean, the first couple of innings, Carrasco was doing what Carrasco really has done well this season, which is guys got on, guys got in the scoring position, but he was able to shut them down. He was able to keep them from scoring. He did that for the first first four innings, but then in the fifth, he allowed a runner to get on and then gave up a two-run home run, which cut the Mets' lead in half. There would be all the scoring that the, the Nationals ended up doing in this, in this game, but you know, the Mets pulled him right away after that. I don't know if that that's because they want to keep him fresh for the postseason. I, I'm obviously going to get into all of that with my, my postseason roster in the second half, but it's going to be curious to see what Carrasco's role is. And as I'm going to get into in the second game, I think Walker has really locked up that four spot. So now it's about how is Carrasco used out of the bullpen or maybe just a spot starter guy if, if the Mets really need a guy to come in. You know, four innings, if if he can do that in the postseason out of the pen, and four innings, two runs, I mean, that would be outstanding, and he's an, an experienced guy, but, you know, definitely a short start for him in his final start of the season, but overall, Carrasco, a 3.97 ERA for the year, a really nice job by him over this season, especially bouncing back from a, an injury-plagued year, an offseason, and, and dealing with all of that. I thought, even though the, this last month hasn't been great, he did a really nice job, so, you know, hats off to Carrasco for this season. Season. Behind Carrasco, the bullpen was outstanding. They pitched five innings of no run, you know, scoreless ball with only two hits allowed. Drew Smith came in in the, the fifth inning to finish off that inning for Carrasco. He did allow two hits, but had a strikeout and didn't allow any runs. So really nice job by him. David Peterson had a scoreless inning, one, two, three. So nice job there. Adam Montevito came in. He pitched an inning and two thirds. He did a, a, allow a walk and had two strikeouts. The a runner got on to uh, on him 
uh, via an error, but, you know, overall a nice outing from Adovino, and then with one out left in the eighth, Edwin Diaz came in for the four-out save, did a really nice job there, one in the third innings, no hits, runs, or walks allowed, got a strikeout, and ended the game with a nice check swing liner to Pete Alonso. Really nice job by this pitching staff. I mean, even though Carrasco didn't go as long as you would have liked, overall, everyone did a really nice job bouncing back and, and picking each other up. Really nice to see some of these bullpen arms, Smith, Peterson, Adovino, Diaz have a nice outing there. Um, so, yeah, just a really nice job in this game one. And turning to the offense, the, the bats did a really nice job. You know, the, a lot of their scoring came early, and, and they kind of slowed up as the game went along. But, you know, a, a nice job scoring early and, and getting those runs quick to take an early lead. And that's exactly what the Mets needed. They had some, some really nice performances. Brandon Nimmo had a huge day overall in both of these double uh, doubleheader games. But in game one, three for five with three runs batted in, he hit a a solo home run in the fourth inning as well, which you loved. He he had a single and a double, so, you know, just a triple shy of the cycle in this game. Just a really, really nice performance. Jeff McNeil, who I'm going to talk about in a little bit, went two for three in this game, had a, a, a double to start off, uh, start off the game, and then a single in his next at-bat, which, you know, was really impressive because it was just a, a regular old grounder to the shortstop, but he hustled it out, uh, was able to get a hit there. Nice job by him. Pete Alonzo walked twice and went one for two. Like seeing that. Marcana drove in a run with a, uh, a sacrifice fly. And yeah, I mean, Nimmo was the, the guy in this game. He drove in three of the Mets' four runs. In the second inning with two runners on, two outs, men on second and third, he ripped a double down the line off of that little wall in, uh, on, along the right field line, driving home two runs right away, putting the Mets up 2-0 in the second inning. Then in the third, with bases loaded, Marcana crushed a ball to deep right center field, just missed being a home run or at least a double off the wall, and ended up being a sacrifice fly, putting the Mets up 3-0. And then, like I mentioned, Brendan Nimmo crushed a home run in the fourth, putting the Mets up 4-0. Now, like I said, the, the offense kind of stalled after that. They, they didn't really get much going in terms of you know, runs, obviously, but also putting guys in scoring position. It was a rainy, muggy day. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't a really enjoyable weather-wise for anyone, so that might have been it. But like I said, the pitching staff did such a good job that four runs was all the Mets needed, and they took game one 4-2-2. Two, two. Then, turning to game two, the Mets won this game 8-0, and this was just a really fun, really exciting game. Although, as I mentioned in the opening, during this game was when the Mets found out that they would not win the NL East after the Braves beat the Marlins. Definitely depressing, definitely frustrating. Um, I mean, I talked a lot about this in the last episode, but, you know, it is what it is, and the Mets need to just forget about all that and just move on. And they did a really nice job, you know, ignoring all outside, you know, stress or drama or, or you know, fighting for the division in this game because they crushed the Nationals 8 to nothing in Game 2. On the mound for the Mets was Taiwan Walker, and he was outstanding. He pitched four and a third innings, gave up four hits, no runs, no walks, 10 strikeouts. And, you know, Walker is a guy who every once in a while he'll give you one of these big strikeout performances, and it's really nice to see him do that in his last start of the season. Nice job by Walker this year as well, a 3-4-9 ERA for his season. So a really, really nice job by Walker. And, you know, 4.1 innings, that's not because he was, you know, struggling or, or anything along those lines. It was because right 
right before uh, he went out there, got that one out in the fifth. That was when the the Braves ended up winning the division. So Buck was saying, "Hey, we're not we're not risking anything anymore. We're taking you out here." But but even in four and a third innings, he was able to strike out ten guys. Awesome job by Walker. And behind him, the Mets got some really, really nice relief performances from Steven Nagosik and Tyler McGill. Nagosik came in for two and two-thirds innings. He gave up three hits, no runs, no walks, and six strikeouts. So, you know, he was put in. He was the extra man for this doubleheader. Uh, and, you know, he came in and, and really showed out in in almost three innings of work. So a really nice job by him. And then Tyler McGill came in for two innings. He pitched two innings of scoreless two-hit ball with no walks and a strikeout. The Mets pitchers in this game struck out 17 nationals, which is really impressive. And, you know, for a game that, hey, it found out that it didn't really matter halfway through, I thought the pitching staff did a really great job and gave the Mets exactly what they needed to win. But the real big story of this game was the offense because this game was an 8-0 win and the Mets scored seven of their runs in the first inning. The first inning started with a bang with home runs from Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, and Jeff McNeil back-to-back-to-back. And that's the first time the Mets have ever started a game with back-to-back-to-back home runs. Like I mentioned, I was there, so it was pretty pretty awesome to witness that. I mean, that was just a really exciting, you know, moment for the Mets to go out there and do that. Um, but it, they didn't stop there because after those three home runs, Alonzo reached on a single, Vogelback walked, and Escobar walked, setting up a bases-loaded no-out situation for Mark Hanna, who hit another sack fly, two sack flies on the day, then Guillaume double driving in a run, and then, two batters later, Brandon Nimmo singled his second hit of the inning and in driving home two more runs, his second and third runs batted in of the inning as well, and the Mets were up 7 nothing. So, you know, from the Mets guys who, you know, Mets starters, just a really awesome inning they put together there. Overall, Brandon Nimmo went 3-for-3 on the day. He also had a double later. He went 3-for-3 with three runs batted in. Such a huge day for him at the plate, going uh, 6-for-8 in this doubleheader um, with six runs batted in. So Brandon Nimmo, 3-for-3. Francisco Lindor, 1-for-3 with the home run. Jeff McNeil, 1-for-5 with the home run. Pete Alonso went 2-for-3. Daniel Vogelback walked twice. Even though he went 0-for-2, he walked two times and scored once. Escobar walked twice and scored once as well. Marcana went 2-for-3. Luis Giorme went 1-for-3. Both of them each had a run batted in. So, you know, just a really, really great game by the starters in this game. But... Like I said, as the Mets found out that they wouldn't be competing for the NL East title, they took a lot of their players out. Pretty much everyone was taken out of this game, and it gave a lot of the young guys a chance to come in and show their stuff, and the guy who really showed out was Francisco Alvarez, the top prospect in baseball, Mets top prospect. He was called up for the Brave series. You know, just you could tell a lot of pressure in that series. He didn't have a great set, but in this game, I mean, he showed out. He went two for two in his two at-bats that he got. One of them being his first career hit, which happened to be his first career home run. I was lucky enough to get this moment on video, albeit not a great angle, but if you go to my Twitter, at PodMets, you can see his home run, a 439-foot bomb in the sixth inning to put the Mets up 8 nothing. That was their, their last run of the game, but an awesome job by Alvarez. You love seeing him you know, show some confidence, show some power, and man, it was some big power that he showed off. And later in the eighth inning, he actually doubled to left field. So, you know, two for two for Alvarez coming into this game, which is an awesome sight to see, you know, lots of potential and, and, 
excitement for the future to see him out there for a full season and so I'm going to talk about in the second half we maybe we might see him on this postseason roster so it'll be interesting to see there but awesome job by the Mets in game two of this doubleheader where they won eight to nothing and then finally turning to game three a game where yes it didn't mean much but the Mets were looking for their 101st win of the season and they would get it winning nine to two over the Nationals looking at the pitching for the Mets in the this game it was sort of a group effort bullpen day starting for the Mets in the first inning was Michael Givens coming back from the COVID IL where he had been for the past week and a half or so um, and he came in pitched a nice inning pitched a uh, one inning gave up one hit but no other runners allowed no runs allowed really nice inning from him then the Mets turned to Trevor Williams and man he had a day he pitched six innings of six hit two run ball he had six strikeouts those two runs came on a homer that he gave up in the fifth inning but you know at that point the Mets were up big wasn't too much of a, a concern and he just did a really nice job in this game pitching almost 80 pitches he pitched 79 pitches and what he did was he protected the Mets bullpen going into this weekend. As I'm going to get into the my postseason roster, Williams isn't on it, and it's pretty much guaranteed that he's not going to be on the roster for the wildcard series. And that's because he pitched 80 pitches uh, yesterday on Wednesday to allow the the Mets to not have to burn through a bunch of bullpen guys you know you want to give those guys some rest they have a day off today on Thursday but you know this series is going to be high leverage high stress and you you want to give these guys as much rest as they can and you know Trevor Williams stepped up big time in this game as he has all season long when the Mets really need him to cover some innings and he did covering six innings for the Mets in this game so I mean, I don't think the Mets are where they are. I mean, I know the Mets aren't where they are without the work that Trevor Williams has done this season. You know, a 3-2-1 ERA, making spot starts, making long relief appearances. I mean, a bunch of the Mets games where, you know, they were starting to be blown out in the beginning of the game, they switched to Williams, and he holds the game, you know, right where it was, allowing the Mets a chance, whether they came back and won or not allowing the Mets a chance to come back and giving them that opportunity. And for Williams in this game, you know, Michael Givens got an inning. After Williams, uh, May and Rodriguez, I'm going to get into them, each got innings. But Williams did a nice job just taking up the bulk of this game, making sure the Mets didn't have to go to a lot of their guys and ensuring that the majority of this bullpen got solid rest heading into the wildcard series tomorrow night. So like I mentioned, May came in, he pitched an inning, a scoreless inning with one walk and a strikeout. So nice job from him. Then Joely Rodriguez finished off the Mets regular season with a scoreless top of the ninth inning. He gave up a hit, but no runs allowed, no walks either. So an awesome job overall by this this pitching staff, I mean, again, hats off to Trevor Williams because he just did such a nice job in this game. But the pitching staff as a whole, the bullpen, did a really nice job holding the Nationals to just two runs and, and giving the Mets a chance to win. Now, turning to the Mets' offense, they exploded in the first couple of innings in this game. Similar to the first game of the series, the Mets did all their scoring in the first half of the game. The Mets' lineup was, was pretty interesting, like the sort of second half of game two where the Mets took out a lot of their guys they ended up starting a lot of backup players in terms of you know Francisco Alvarez getting a start Mark Vientos getting a start in the field Terrence Gore got a start in the field as well so you know just a really nice job by that offense of of young guys to come through 
and and really explode. Um, but a lot of their starters made some big impacts in this game as well. In the first inning, the Mets jumped out to an early 3-0 lead thanks to a three-run home run from Mark Hanna. In there, though, uh, ahead of that home run was a Francisco Alvarez walk and a Daniel Vogelback single, which set up the three-run home run from Canna. Then, in the bottom of the second, after Vientos and McCann singles, a beautiful sacrifice uh, bunt from from Terrence Gore, and then uh, another Francisco Alvarez walk. Francisco Lindor doubled to deep right center field, a, a ball perfectly in the gap to clear the bases, putting the Mets up 6-0 there with two outs. Awesome job by Lindor, giving him 107 runs batted in on the season. I mean, after the tough, tough year he had last year, just seeing the way he's played and he stepped up to the pressure, I mean, it's been awesome, and he's been such a big part of this offense. And, you know, him saying that he wanted to even come in and play this game in game 162, just shows his work ethic, and hey, he had a big game. He, he drove in three runs there. I love to see that, especially since he has been sort of cold lately. You you like to see right before the end of the year him getting uh, some nice knocks in there and driving home some runs. And then in the third inning, after a Mark Canna single and a Luis Guillorme single, two batters later, James McCann crushed a three-run home run, putting the Mets up 9 nothing. And, and really that was it for this game. The Mets didn't look back after there. They didn't score anymore after that third inning but a really nice job there McCann hey if he can heat up we're going to be talking about you Darvish and he has good career numbers against him and if he can heat up and if if this game was a signifier that hey maybe he's getting his back going well that can only benefit the Mets so you know really awesome job there by this team you know looking at some of the top performers obviously you have Francisco Lindor with that that one for four, three runs batted in. You got Marcana going two for four with three runs batted in. And James McCann going three for four with three runs batted in. So all of those guys, really awesome games. Francisco Alvarez also scored twice after walking twice. So nice job there as well. Mark Vientos had a nice game going two for four, and Luis Guillorme and Terrence Gore each had hits going one for three, so nice job overall by this offense, but the big thing that happened during this game was that Jeff McNeil secured the NL and MLB batting title for the 2022 season. He finished the season with a 326 average. He didn't start this game, but he did come in later to relieve Francisco Lindor. And I mean, a, a couple innings into this game, I think it was the fourth inning, um, the Dodgers game ended and Freddie Freeman, who was battling McNeil for that top spot, finished a point below him, or it might have been two points below him. But I mean, McNeil secured that batting title. I mean, a couple weeks ago, he was about 10 points out. So for him to make up that kind of ground and for him to just have that kind of season after last year, the down season he had, the rumors swirling about whether the Mets would keep him or not, whether they they might find someone to trade, you know, be a trade partner. I mean, the fact that he, you know, went through all of that, battled all that adversity, just like Lindor that I mentioned, you know, him battling all that adversity. I mean, McNeil, awesome job. Such an accomplishment to have the batting title. I mean, he's a guy a couple years ago I thought maybe might get it, was close and just couldn't get there. And then for him to battle back and, and really go under the radar, I feel like, this season because of, of the years that guys like Pete and Lindor had where, you know, you weren't weren't thinking too much about McNeil, but he was just going out there grinding every day and was such a huge, huge part of this team. So a huge congratulations to him. And, you know, both of these guys that I mentioned, you know, battling the 
adversity. McNeil and Lindor both got recognition from the fans, which was nice. McNeil with a curtain call, and then when McNeil went in to relieve Lindor, you know, Lindor got a standing ovation as he came off. So I thought that was a nice uh, move by Buck to put Lindor in that position and just a really, really nice job by the Mets as they secured their 101st win of the season and their second best record in franchise history. So now that I've gone over these three games, I want to dive into looking at the postseason preview. And, you know, before I I get into that, I, I want to just re-emphasize what I just said. 101 wins. The second most wins in Mets franchise history that they've had in a season. I mean, the only other time that they've had more than 101 wins was when they had 108 in 1986 and they won the World Series. And, you know, I'm not saying that is exactly what's going to happen. Obviously, I hope it is. But, you know, no matter what happens and no matter what has happened in this past week, and I think, you know, really this past week has been very depressing and, and frustrating since the Mets ultimately did not win the division. But, you know, it's hard to ignore how well this team has played and and as as sad and frustrating as it is that, yes, they didn't win the division and, yes, they had a chance to. But, I mean, they won 101 games. They're technically tied with the Braves. The only thing keeping them from that is the, the tiebreaker. And so, you know, they played as well as anyone else in the division. They have one of the best records in baseball. They've set you know, numerous club records, players have set numerous club records, um, you have tons of guys, you know, you know, the season featured so many exciting games, they had a, a no-hitter in the season, the Mets made multiple crazy comebacks, I mean, overall, this team just really was so fun to watch, it was such a joy to watch, and this has to be the most fun I've had watching a Mets team, and Again, it's it's one of the best Mets teams in Mets franchise history. So no matter what happens heading into the playoffs, I think we need to appreciate how well this team has played and, you know, appreciate the direction this team is going in. It definitely feels like Steve Cohen has fostered in a, a new vibe. It felt like it was beginning last season and obviously things last season went the way they went. Wasn't great, but, you know, this season felt like a... a build off of that last season was a nice stepping stone you know moving in the right direction didn't fully get there and now this season you know they took it a step further and this team has just been so much fun they just feel like a family they feel like a tight-knit group and I mean it's just you know congratulations to this team for a making the playoffs b winning over 100 games and c just being the guys that they are and and really putting on the performance that they have for the fans this season now all of that being said it's time to look ahead to the postseason because it's time for playoff baseball and it's really exciting this is the first time on this podcast I've been able to talk about postseason baseball because last season the, the Mets just did not you know get there and, and really fell apart but now they're in and they will be playing the San Diego Padres on Friday now this is going to be a tough series. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm I'm a little bit nervous for it because, A, it's been a while since the Mets have been in the playoffs. And, B, hey, the Padres had the Mets number this season. They won four out of six games against them. And you Darvish is going to be starting for the Padres on Friday night against Max Scherzer. So, you know, 
Darvish historically has been very, very good against the Mets, so it's going to be a tough game. But before I get into talking about the game itself, I want to dive into the playoff roster. So heading into the postseason, teams are able to set up a 26-man roster for each round of the playoffs. And so I tried to compile a list, a, a roster that I'm fairly confident about. I feel like this is somewhat what the Mets playoff roster will look like, but I will discuss some changes that I'm, I might make or explain some of the decisions of why I left certain guys off. So starting with the infielders slash backup infielders, we have... Pete Alonso, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Eduardo Escobar, Luis Guillorme, Tomas Nito, James McCann, Francisco Alvarez, and as a DH slash, I mean, a potential backup infielder, Daniel Vogelback. Then turning to the outfielders, we have Brandon Nimmo, Marcana, Starling Marte, Tyler Naquin, and Terrence Gore. Turning to the starters, right now I have Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Chris Bassett, and Taiwan Walker. And then finally, going to the bullpen, we have Edwin Diaz, Adam Onovino, Trevor May, Seth Lugo, Michael Givens, Drew Smith, Joely Rodriguez, and David Peterson. Now, those are the 26 guys that I have thought that heading into this wildcard series are you know, the guys. I think that is, in my opinion, what I feel like should be the the playoff roster heading into this three-game set. Now, I did leave off a, a couple of guys that you might expect to see there. First, you have Carlos Carrasco, who I didn't have on this playoff roster. And I just, A, don't think he earned a spot in this rotation. I don't think he earned a playoff start over DeGrom Scherzer, Bassett, or Walker. And I think there's an argument to be made about him being a bullpen guy. But I think in this three-game set, I don't think that he has a spot over any of the other guys, but you know maybe in the future, hopefully, if the Mets are get past this wild card wild card series, um, he would come in as a bullpen guy for uh, the NLDS if the Mets get past the Padres. Also left off was Trevor Williams. Just because he pitched 80 pitches, you know, in that that start yesterday, he just wouldn't be able to be used in this in this series. So. Um, that's a, a reason why he's not in there. I also left off Vientos, Ruff, and Steven Nagosik. You know, Vientos, I, I think, I don't know. I think him or Alvarez are probably interchangeable at this point. Obviously, both uh, are young guys, haven't had, you know, extended success, but both had really nice games yesterday, and I think it will just come down to Buck deciding between the two because A, Ruff is injured, had a, a neck issue, although they said it was getting better. And B, he just really hasn't performed. And I don't think that an at-bat from Darren Ruff is going to be much different than an at-bat from Alvarez or Vientos. But maybe Ruff is in there. Maybe maybe Buck is thinking he'd rather go experience over you know the young guys. But to me, I, I don't think that the difference is going to be that big. And Steven Nagosik, I left him off. He had a really nice outing a couple days ago. Maybe he gets in there as well. Who knows? I, I, I don't really know what is going to happen there. And then the guys I kind of want to highlight to be interesting, you know, that to me will be interesting to see if they're in or not. A, Starling Marte. I think that's the biggest one, the one that people are most you know, interested to see, is he going to be on this team? Is he not for the postseason or for this first postseason series due to his injury? Obviously, we're going to have to see how he progresses, you know, from today into tomorrow morning when they, they submit the rosters. 
it just feels like he's not going to be okay. And if that were the case, I would assume that Vientos would probably go in um, to replace him since I already put Naquin on the roster. So they have that outfielder replacement, that outfield replacement. But I think Vientos would probably be the other bat added or rough, I guess, one of those two. But I think if Marte's not okay, you'd see rough or Vientos put in. But if he is, I mean, I think he'd stay on this roster. Maybe he can be used in a pinch running situation or something along those lines. Francisco Alvarez, the other guy, I already mentioned him. I think you could switch him in or out with Vientos or Ruff. It just kind of depends on where Buck decides to go. And the only other guy that I think is a maybe is David Peterson. You know, depends on if they want Peterson in the pen. I think that Rodriguez, the way he has been performing recently, has sort of you know, earned his way onto this postseason roster. I know at times it was very shaky, but I do think he's earned his way there. Um, Peterson, I don't know. It just sort of depends on if the Mets want two lefties in the pen or not. I think Peterson's been playing uh, a lot better out of the pen. So I think to me that that would make the most sense. But maybe if they want Nagosik in there since how he performed a couple days ago, that might be the only switch. But, you know, overall, I think this is my roster. It's very exciting to be at a point where we can discuss postseason rosters. But, you know, I think that is the the set of guys that I think I would probably, you know, guess or take, you know, right off the bat, having those guys be the guys for this upcoming series, this three-game set. And, you know, now diving into looking specifically at this three-game set, So the Padres will be traveling to take on the Mets tomorrow night at 8 o'clock for game one of this wildcard series. Extremely, extremely exciting set. It will be Max Scherzer taking the ball for the Mets, going up against Yu Darvish, who is 16-8 with a 3-1-0 ERA on the season. Now, as I mentioned before, Yu Darvish has had the Mets number. He was great against them in the two starts he had this season. He's historically been great against them in his career and you know it's going to be on the Mets offense heading into this first game of the series to you know make him work he he's a guy who throws a lot of different stuff he's got a lot of different pitches he kind of reminds me of Bassett in that he's got you know some nasty breaking stuff but also a, a high heater um it's going to be on the Mets bats to make him work and knock him out as quickly as possible and obviously uh, get some runs for Max Scherzer, which they weren't able to do against the Braves. For Max Scherzer, I mean, it's this is a big spot, and this is really why the Mets went out and got him, to come in and pitch these big games. Now, the one thing you might be thinking is why is Scherzer starting game one and not DeGrom? Well, the Mets are trying to balance dealing with this new wild card series instead of a wild card game it's a three game set and so you have to figure out how to balance your roster both for this set but also for the future and i think what the mets are doing i really like it i think it sets up the mets very well in both situations i think it puts the mets in a good position to win in this series by starting with Scherzer, that means you have the threat of DeGrom ready to go in a Game 2 situation. If they lose this first game, you have him ready to go in Game 3 of this series. If they were to win Game 1 and lose Game 2, you also have DeGrom then in a perfect position where if they win the first two games and they win this series, you can use DeGrom in the NLDS if they were to win in this wildcard set. So right now, I think the the thought process is having Scherzer go in game one, then moving on to Bassett if the Mets win, or DeGrom if the Mets lose, and then if they were to win game two, you go 
to DeGrom in the next series, but if they were to lose game two, then you can use DeGrom in game three. So I like the way the Mets are going about this. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see postseason baseball. It's been a long time, been six years since the Mets have had it. And, you know, hopefully they go out there, play like they have throughout the season, you know, long, scrappy at bats, make the pitchers work you know, strong pitching and good defense. And, you know, after a really great season heading into the postseason, all I can say is let's go Mets. So that is going to be all for this episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I truly appreciate it. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I love interacting with other Mets and baseball fans. And you can reach me at my Twitter, at PodMets. Tweet me your thoughts about the Mets, about baseball. I love talking about the sport. So I'd love to hear from you all on Twitter, at PodMets. Once again, thank you all so much for listening. And as always, let's go Mets.